On today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and I dive into some news surrounding the Houston Texans, take a look at the Nick Casario interview from Sports Talk 16 Radio, also the list of players Houston should keep their eye on to return back for the 2022 season, and we kind of poke a little fun at the Arizona Texans. But first... Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Locked On Texans fans, to another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. Here to talk some Texan news. And what does the future hold or may hold in regards to the Houston Texans? First, definitely want to let you guys know that the Texans completed their interview with Jonathan Gannon for the head coaching vacancy. Also, Houston Texans will carry over $3.7 million in salary cap space from the 2021 season to 2022 and have a projected available cap space of $19.8 million but they can create more. They also have $35.4 million in dead money cap charges from players that are no longer on the roster. The Texans' largest salary cap uh, hits will be Deshaun Watson at $40.4 million. Laramie Tunsil, $26.15 million. Brandon Cooks, $16.2 million. Zach Cunningham, $12.8. Eric Murray, Seven million dollars. Whitney Merciless at seven million. Shaq Lawson at five point two seven million dollars. Marcus Cannon at five point two. Bradley Roby at four point seven nine. And Kaimi Fairburn Fairburn at four point three million dollars, along with Randall Cobb at three point five. Cody, they got a lot of play- players. They paying. <laughs> they ain't gonna be playing, right? If we look at all these players: Deshaun, well, um, Cunningham, uh, Merciless, Lawson, who. He can't find a stable job in the NFL right now. <laughs> Bradley Roby can't find. Well, he's on. He's with the Saints. But then you look at Randall Cobb. Man, this salary cap situation and dead money charges are pretty bad for Houston. I mean, that's just for the players. Let's not forget that they still got to pay pay David Cully. I think they still got to pay. I think this might be the final year that they're paying Brian Gang, and Man, also they're Bill still O'Brien. paying Bill O'Brien. So you know, if you just <laughs> Want to get a quick job, sign a contract, and then get paid to do absolutely nothing for that Houston. person, for that team? Go to Houston. Go to the Texans. But look. you know, maybe <laughs> it, it maybe it may would not be that bad if they had a. How can I put this? An experienced capologist. Exactly. You know, they had Chris Olsen who was let go, uh, <laughs> or who walked away a couple of years ago. But that that those numbers. Are Stupid. pretty disgusting. To and look how much? At. How much is Deshaun making again? You say forty point four. Forty point four. That's not even the. I would say, listeners and viewers, that's not the worst one. Larry Tunsil at twenty six point one five million dollars. No, maybe no. the worst because I mean Zach Cunningham, he got his market. Eric Murray, I would say, is second in line is the worst contract. Of the few that I just read off, but 
34 million dollars between Larry Tunsil and Eric Murray? That is disgusting to look nah, at. Nah, to me, at least I know Eric Murray and Laramie Tunsil, if they get dealt or not, they're going to suit up for the Houston Texans. And like I said, John, it's going to be a very interesting situation to see what the Houston Texans are going to do with Deshaun Watson if they cannot trade him because they was okay paying him forty million, not forty, ten million dollars last year to sit down and do absolutely nothing. Of course, to take care of. Most likely, that was because of all the off-field drama that he had going on. But this year, with that extension kicks in, forty million dollars. That's going to be interesting. But, you know, but speaking of Laramie Tunso, on yesterday, Nick Casario had an opportunity to do an exclusive interview with Sports Radio 610 on yesterday morning. And the interview was very telling. But at the same time, we kind of didn't learn anything new, especially for all of us who had an opportunity to sit in and listen to Nick Casario's um, press conference that took place on Friday. And, John, really quick, the three takeaways from Nick Casario's interview for Sports Radio 610. One, it is highly unlikely that Deshaun Watson will ever return back and play for the Houston Texans. Two, speaking of Laramie Tunsil, he is actually being evaluated like everybody else on this roster, and there is a possibility that they can move on from Tunsil, and that's something that you and I have talked about a lot here on Locked On Texans. And three, most importantly, and I really do think this was the biggest one of all, and I think he kind of dived into this more so than he did on Friday. He said that the Houston Texans are open for business in hopes of trading their number three draft pick. And, of course, we know nine times out of ten, that means trading down, of course, staying within the top ten and possibly getting getting an additional draft pick somewhere along the lines. And, John, you know, outside of Thibodeau, outside of Hutchinson, I think this might be the perfect draft where the Texans have so much flexibility to the point they can actually trade out of that number three pick because outside of those two, I do not see a game changer. I do not see at least a franchise caliber player or no on anywhere outside of those two players that I just named. I know you're really big on Neil, but you know me, John. I don't know if I want to see Nick Casario in the Texans draft Neil with that number three overall pick. I would prefer if that is the route that they go, trade down and select him. It's it's going to be interesting. That's that's one thing I do want to give a shout out to Nick Casario for. I like the fact that he is a guy that likes to explore all of his options. I mean, hell, we talked about this on yesterday with the whole Davis Mills situation. He was not committed to Davis Mills, but we know that's just him keeping his options open. Yeah, I will say this. I am not as big on Evan Neal as I was early in the season, and if they do stay wow, that's a shocker. pick. No, and I've been saying this candidly over the course of the last, you know, I would say month now, maybe going on, you know, three to four weeks, but I'd go with Sauce Gardner. Out of Cincinnati, I, I'm I'm very high on that young man. I think if you're gonna swing for the fence and draft a DB or cornerback, somebody like him who has his skill set and a special talent of not giving up a touchdown in his collegiate career, I, I think that's amazing. But I've hinted at the possibility of Nick Casario trading down before on this show. And why would, why would that be a topic of discussion? Why would I even hint at that? Well, he came from New England, and there's been multiple times that Bill Belichick or the coaching or the department, the general manager, the front office de- decided to move on from their first-round pick or whenever they were picking and move back four more picks to get that flexibility 
throughout the draft. And one thing about what we've seen from Nick Casario is, Cody, you, you, you placed it and said it so beautifully. He will explore all of his options, right? And last year, he was very limited with those options, very limited in what he could do in terms of bringing in players from the draft. This year, you sit at number three, teams are going to be hounding to reach up for that number third pick. And if there's nobody that you are 100% sure on at number three, move back. I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with that. No matter who I like, no matter who you like, no matter who nobody likes, if it's not Nick Casario's guy, move on from him. I will say this. I want to mention it now. So you guys in the comments, timestamp it. I would not be surprised if the Houston Texans drafted a tight end at some point during this draft. Why? I know that the Patriots, you guys are going to hate me saying this, but they had a lot of success with 12 personnel, two tight ends on that field with flexibility with the both of them. Their strong suits complementing one another. I think that's the way that Houston may want to look at. They already drafted the receiving tight end last year with Brevin Jordan, who has some good moments for Houston. I wouldn't be surprised at some point throughout the draft they may look forward, uh, look towards drafting another young tight end to bring in on this roster. But Nick Casario is going to do whatever he can to continue building this foundation for the Houston Texans. And Houston is not this pretty free agent uh, place right now. Like people are not going to flock to Houston because of the situation that they're in. And they don't even have a head coach right now. So building through the draft is super important for the Houston Texans. And it will be important to see who they bring back for next year that played in the 2021 season for the 2022 season. And that's something that I can't wait to discuss here on the show. However, it is the new year. That means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Bill Bar in your plans. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and never lets you down. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it and eat it and eat it. And unlike any other protein bar, which can be very chalky or waxy or tastes like a chemical spill, Bill Bar is covered in 100% Real chocolate. Can't beat that. And most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually carries around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen, excuse me, and a dozen of those net carbs. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15. And you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 at built.com for 15% off. Welcome back in, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. You guys know whenever I wear jerseys, I like to show them off. And uh, <laughs> got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the Will Smith jersey. Y'all remember that episode when Carlton took a shot and, and at the end of the game took the game winner? <laughs> I feel looking like Tim Kelly was calling plays, calling shots out there with that bad miss. Shout out to Tim Kelly. He had an interview, uh, I want to say, with the Lions. I'm not 100% sure, but he did have an interview. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me he did the team me, that's been in purgatory more than anybody over the last let, 20 to 25 years. Let me make the sure. The Lions. 
Let me make sure that that's where he went. No, it was the Panthers. Mm. The Panthers. Oh, that's interesting because they do have their eyes set on Deshaun. The Panthers. For some reason, Deshaun did like Tim Kelly. Can I just say something? Listen, man, on the field, I'm a huge fan of Deshaun Watson. He hasn't been on the field because of legal issues, and I take that into account before I actually talk about him as a person, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing a lot of these different reports on uh, he's meeting up with this coach or he's trying to orchestrate <laughs> things with this owner and whatever. Hey, man, I just don't like it, to say the least. And Tim Keller should not be a piece in bringing in Deshaun Watson. He should not be. I, I don't think he should be a part of the cater to package for Deshaun Watson. Franchises need to run their franchises in a way where you know you're going to get winning out of playing these players on the football field. Now, Mm. Houston Texans last year, they struggled without Deshaun Watson, as they did with Deshaun Watson the year prior. But they did find some gems, thanks to Nick Casario in free agency. We look at Kamal Bougier-Hill, Desmond King, and so on and so forth. And a lot of these players were on one, one and a half, or one to two-year deals, but coding – we look at orchestrating the roster, it won't all come through the draft. It won't all come through mm-hmm. Nick Casario trading back and getting multiple picks. You still have holes to fill. And which of these players are you most looking forward to Houston bringing back for the 2022 season? Well, I'm going to take a different route because I think here on Locked On Texans throughout the whole season, we talked about Kamu Guje Hill returning. We talked about the possibility, even though we want to see it, we don't think it's going to happen, Justin Reed returning. You know, there are so many guys that we've talked about a lot. So I'm going to take a different approach and talk about guys who actually gave this team a boost when it was needed. When I take a look at a guy who really gave this team a boost when he was needed, The one guy that I want to see come back is, well, one of the guys I want to see come back is Chris Moore. You look at a Mm. guy who was a speedy receiver. He already has chemistry and camaraderie with Davis Mills. And look, when you go back and you take a look at one of, if not Davis Mills' best game as a member of the Houston Texans in the week five loss that, that took place against the New England Patriots, Chris Moore came in big time. He had five catches for 109 yards, a touchdown, and he even closed out the season well because he recorded, I think it was 78 to 80 yards on seven catches during the last two games. And part of the reason why I want to see Chris Moore come back is because he is a versatile wide receiver. You can line him up on the outside or you can line him up in the slot. And he is a receiver where you can actually rely on. He is someone who can actually be your contingency plan because we saw time and time again throughout this 2021 season, the majority of the time that Chris Moore had his opportunity to go out there on the field and showcase what he was able to do. It came when Danny Amendola was out. Amendola is what, 35, 36 years old. He's getting up there in age. I'm not sure if that's one of the guys Nick Casario is going to bring back. I won't be surprised because he fits that culture mold that they're trying to establish. But even when I take a look at the injuries in, in, in terms of 
Amendola. Even when I take a look at whether or not Nico Collins is actually going to take that leap that we want to see in his second season, you know, Chris Moore is going to be somebody that you are going to be able to depend on. And as a matter of fact, he might, he might be if he gets an opportunity to do so. Let's say, of course, we all know Brandon Cooks is going to be this team number one receiver. Like I mentioned, hopefully Nico Collins take that take that leap to be the second team receiver. When you take a look, when you take a look at number three, that should have been Chris Conley this year, but Conley didn't give us nothing. As a matter of fact, I would much rather see the Texans take a chance and resign Christian Moore, Chris Moore versus Chris Conley because look, Conley finished the season with 332 total receiving yards. Chris Moore, 227 receiving yards. That's only a 96-yard difference between those two. And here's the catch. Chris Moore only played in eight games. Chris Conley played in 14 games. So, you take a look at a guy who can step up and be your number three receiver. He can be your contingency plan, whether that's developments that's not working out, whether that be injuries. He is a guy that should come back for this upcoming season. And John, you and me kind of talked about this a little bit. And I think this is the perfect time to explore the possibility of this man coming back. Tyrod Taylor. I get it. I understand it. I, I know I know where you're about to go. I know where the listeners and the viewers are, are about to go. But hear me out with this. First and foremost, if Tyrod Taylor do come back to the Houston Texans for 2022, it's going to be up to him because I've been told that Taylor was extremely hurt when David Cully benched him in favor for Davis Mills. Now, we all know the story. He got benched in Cleveland. He got benched in Los Angeles. And now he got benched here in the city of Houston. He was hurt and he is ready to move on. But I'm looking at this from a standpoint of where is Tyrod Taylor going to go? When you take a look at the other 31 teams, he's going to be in the same situation, whether that be sitting on the bench as a backup quarterback or starting the season as your starting quarterback, and then all of a sudden you get overtaken by Malik Willis or Malik Willis or whoever the case might be that another team might draft for their up and coming quarterback for the near future. And when I take a look at Tyrod Taylor, when I take a look at the Houston Texans for 2022, I'm looking at a situation where Nick Casario wants to see this tech wants to see this team compete just a little bit more in 2022 versus in 2021. 2021, as we say here a lot, was more about development. 2022 is going to be trying to put these pieces together and see if we could win six to eight games in 2022. Because one thing about Nick Casario, he talks about the progress of everything that's going on. And 2022 is going to be whether or not this team can compete or not. When I take a look at Davis Mills, what happens if this is a young man who cannot take that extra leap that we saw during this final five games of this regular season? What if Mills has already peaked? What if Davis Mills cannot be the quality starting quarterback that we are hoping to see in 2022? When I take a look at Tyrod Taylor, I take a look at a guy that, whether that's Davis Mills not progressing, rather that's injuries, I hate to say this, but this is 2022, 
COVID might play a situation. If there is a point, if there is any point throughout this upcoming season, you might need somebody to step in and relieve Davis Mills of his duty, whatever the case might be. Tyrod Taylor will make a very good contingency plan. That's the way I'm looking at this from the Tyrod Taylor standpoint, because like I mentioned, it doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to be in the same situation. You know, I'm looking at a player in Garon Christian. Eight games he started this year, most in his career. Uh, he's only making $936,000. And I'm saying only, like I wouldn't like that for one <laughs> year, right? Uh, but only making $936,000 in one sack allowed this year. The, man, the evaluation process, I guess I'll call it, with Laramie Tunsil does lead me to believe that they're looking at possibilities when moving on from a guy that's making $26 million and hasn't been healthy for half a season. We may not know what the relationship is like. And also remember this, Nick Casario is still working against the doings of Bill O'Brien. And I think that's one of them, $26 million for a left tackle that is very, you know, good in pass blocking, but doesn't give you virtually anything in run blocking a lot of times. So I'm, I'm looking at a player like Christian who's already coming on a little cheap of a contract. You're going to save a lot of money if you look towards his way on re-signing him. Of course, he'll get a boost in that contract going from $900,000 to a couple of million. But I thought he played very well in his appearances, played in 14 games, as I mentioned, started eight. And he could be a player – that Houston will look to either a develop and maybe look for him to be a starter for next year. But Houston MO has been for the last five years, losing a, a player on the offensive line. And in the past, it was Roger Johnson who would step in and play that savior for whatever that tackle position is. And I really wanted him to stay back. They miss Houston. him in run blocking, boy. Oh, yes, they gosh. do. I really wanted him to stay in Houston. That didn't work out. But Christian is a player that I think that they could use moving forward, rather that be a starter or a reliable offensive lineman that you that you know when his time is called, he'll be able to step in and be productive. Jacob Martin is also another player. Is Jacob Martin the sack guy that you and I was hoped he could possibly be, maybe to produce seven sacks for Houston? He is not, and that's okay. But the NFL is always about situational. And Jacob Martin is a very good situational player for Houston, uh, especially considering he had to switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3, getting his hand in the dirt. Ended the year on three sacks. I think Houston could use him moving forward. Whether they address that defensive end position, which I wasn't 100% sure that they will, hmm. you're still going to need guys that can come in and give breaks to players or be more – because I think he's a player that's more productive with limited snaps. We've seen it over his time in Houston. And he's not going to make a lot of money. He's not going to command a lot, I don't think, in free agency. He's already comfortable here in Houston. This will be his third year. Why not bring him back? And overall, I like Malik Collins. I mean, he's a player that has to get those penalties down. I get that. But he gave Houston a lot in the middle at times. Uh, he was better with uh, attacking the quarterback than he was uh, rushing uh, stopping the run but i like malik collins and what he could possibly do with the future of right at least right now the future of houston's interior defensive line when we look at ross blacklock and roy lopez and so those three guys immediately off the top of my head are players that are no-brainers right no-brainers desmond king is a no-brainer no-brainer 
Kamu Guzier Hill is a no-brainer. Tavier Thomas. Thomas is a no-brainer. I'm teetering between whether or not Christian Kirksey is a no-brainer or do we look at him and say, well, I think Houston could maybe can move on from him. But I think Kirksey played very well in his snaps for Houston this year. I expect Houston to address the lot, uh, not offensive line, excuse me, the linebacker position as well, whether that be in free agency or the NFL draft. They re- they really going to want to uh, build this defense up on all three phases, right? But I like those three players as all three of those are not players that you would suspect Houston should bring back. You're going to look at the bigger names because of the production, excuse me, that they had. But Christian and, and Martin are two guys that I would really like, and Collins are a couple of guys that I would really like for Houston to bring back for next year. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of sports wagering in action this season. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and it's available on all platforms. I, I, I'm going to go right into it. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals got blasted against the oh. LA Rams, man. The Rams had them boys doing trick plays in the first quarter to move the ball, and it still ain't work. Uh, JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, you guys know the story. David Johnson in return, and so on and so forth. But this was a year where people at the beginning of the year, especially when they started off undefeated, people had their jokes for Houston. How could Houston let them go and get nothing in return? And hmm. one, two, three. But the last time those two guys won a playoff game, it was in the red, the white, <laughs> and the blue. And it was a Houston Texans jersey. So I kind of wanted to just poke fun at the Arizona Cardinals, the Arizona Texans, or whatever. Because at one point, if you guys remember, they used, they had Jordan Thomas as well. I don't know if you guys remember former Texan great tight end Jordan Thomas. He signed with the Cardinals. But Cody, they got blasted on national television. And it looked like a national televised game that the Houston Texans would be in. So. <laughs> nah. Well, first off. I'm happy. <laughs> You're happy. I'm not going to say I'm happy, but what I would say is this. And this is no shot at JJ. One of the greatest athletes to ever step foot here in the city of Houston. I think if we take a Mount Rushmore of Houston athletes, he's going to be on there alongside Warren Moon, alongside Hakeem Olajuwon, alongside, I think now representing the Astros, got to be Jose Altuve now, right? Um, but you know, right. But with JJ at this stage of his career, and I was telling, I told the guys over there on Locked On Cardinals when 
you know, he loved the Texans and signed with Arizona. I say it's the same story with with JJ Watt over and over again. He's going to have a good, not 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 a good, but he's going to have a solid first five six weeks of the regular season. Then all of a sudden, at the end of at the end of a random game, he's going to have some type of crazy injury that nobody heard, has ever heard of. And then you think he's going to be out for the season. He's going to come back for the playoffs, and it doesn't matter if he comes back or not because the team that he's on is not going to be able to get over the hump. I know that sounds mean, ladies and gentlemen, but it's the reality of the situation. And when you take a look at D Hop, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but is injury starting to derail D Hop a little bit? This is, the first, this is the first time where he's been out for an extensive amount of time. And, you know, even when you go back to last year in his first season with the Arizona Cardinals, he was battling some knee injuries as well. So, you know, it sucks. But I just felt we had to talk about it just a little bit only because there was so much hoopla going on between um, the Texans and the Cardinals because you know, two Texans great going to Arizona. And by the way, John, we know JJ got hurt in that game against the Texans. Did D-Hop hurt his knee in that game as well? I think, I, I so. think it started. I think it, it, it started in the game against the Texans, and I think he played, what, two, three more games after that. Then he was out for the rest of the season. So, you know, I'm not going to say I hate to see this for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not going to sit here and say I told you so, but – I, well, in all in all seriousness, I definitely hate to see this for uh, DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Wyatt simply because of what they meant to the Texans. And we we, we crack jokes here on Locked On Texans. And you never want to see them go out the way that they did. But I think D Hop has some more time. JJ Watt, I don't want to see. And I tweeted this earlier on you know Tuesday. The one thing I hate seeing is players who are fighting past their time. Not their prime, their time. But so I look at boxes, I compare it to boxes where, okay, you're past your prime, but you may have a couple of good fights left in you. Hmm. After that, I would like for you to go out on top. And I, I hate to say this, but that is what I am seeing out of J.J. Watt, man. J.J. Watt, who became more of a spectator like us towards the end of the year when we were seeing a lot of the great defensive performances, out of his brother or Bosa, man, I just reminisce on those great days that he had here in Houston and did not necessarily have a real impact for Arizona on the field. And I would like for him to go ahead and just call it quits. You are a Hall of Famer. You are a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. But I don't want to see this being but, a recurring theme for J.J. Watt. But, you know, with that being said, if I'm not mistaken, I think Watt only has one more – year left on this contract so so could 2022 be the end of jj and john correct me if i'm wrong but outside of 2020 you know his last year here with the texans when was the last time jj played all 16 which is now 17 games of the regular season it's been a minute if i'm not mistaken i want to say maybe 15 or 16 has not done it. Because I know 17, 18, and 19, he got hurt. He has not done it. And it's, then, it's, of it's course, 20, and then I was 21. So, 
I mean, look, and, and of course, man, you know, I hate to see that for both of those guys, but I think I hate to see this more so for J.J. Moore than D-Hop, only because, like you mentioned, I think D-Hop, you know, just get his knee cleaned up or whatever the case might be, he's still going to be D-Hop. But J.J., I mean, I don't see him lasting beyond the 2022 season, man. Not at all. But this, this segment was more so for – uh, you Arizona Cardinal fans that I found in my D, not DMs, my, my Twitter mentions, of, you know, when this, when they were all but, this went down. But right? I do want to throw this out here, though. J.J. Watt and DeAndre and, and, and D-Hop has had more playoff success in the last 10 years than the whole entire Dallas Cowboys. I loved it. I love the Houston Texans. Are, what, what was that stat? Four and six in playoffs over the last 20 years. While the Dallas Cowboys are three and eight. That's a damn shame. And the way they went out against the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> the city of Houston, celebrate. Celebrate. And that being said, this is another episode of the Locked On Texans. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook, excuse me, and continue to support us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and comment. You guys, as always, we're doing an amazing job. Uh, you see the Twitter handle? Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And on Twitter, I'm a bit of a everyday man. Music, movies, sports, whatever you have you, tweet me and we can talk about it. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.